don't do this very often. I'm going to do it today because I feel that strongly about the subject. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is kind of a different edition of Daily Shot of Steelers. It comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Penguins and Pirates in the same place that you found this. It is Steelers versus Titans tonight at Acrisure Stadium. That's an 8.15 p.m. kickoff. One of the things that I try to guard against in my commentary, whether that's in the spoken form here or in the written form on the website, is blaming the head coach for a loss but crediting the players for a win. You're going to have to take my word for it that it's really easy to do because you're in that locker room setting. The players are all, uh, you know, high-fiving each other and excited, and the highlights of what they just did on the field are fresh in your mind, whereas when things go badly, you know, I'm human too. I think, first and foremost, about coaching and about strategy and about decisions. So what I decided to do was to write this piece that I've been thinking about for a long time into column form on the morning of the game rather than as any kind of reaction to what might happen tonight. And what I'm going to do today is I'm just going to literally read it to you beginning now. Mike Tomlin's forever existed week to week in word and deed. If something happened before last Sunday, it's looking too far back. If something's happening after the next game on his schedule, it's too far ahead. And that goes double when he's asked about any such time frame by one of us annoying reporter types. I, to paraphrase the man himself, do not care. Because while he's more than free to address or avoid any questions he likes from anyone at all, myself included, he's got no authority when it comes to analyzing or criticizing any slice of his tenure, regardless of time frames or any context. And within that, I'm going to raise subjects here that would get nothing more than a we're focused on the journey at hand at one of his press conferences. To start, this team is his, not just as the head coach, but also as the architect. Sure, it's been built in conjunction with Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan, teamed with Andy White, old array of others in the front office. But Tomlin is the dominant common denominator throughout. He'll readily acknowledge this every year at NFL draft time. The decisions, he'll explain, are made as a consensus. But he's deeply engaged at each point in the process, right down to personally attending the most minimal of collegiate pro days himself. All of which is my winding way of saying that he bears his fair share of responsibility for the following recent first-round picks. 2018, Terrell Edmonds. 2019, Devin Bush. 2020, traded for Minka Fitzpatrick. 2021, Najee Harris. 2022, Kenny Pickett. 2023, Broderick Jones. Of those six, the only pick that's fully panned out the way a franchise needs first-rounders to pan out it's the one they gave away. The one that they smartly sent to Miami for Minka. Bush was an historic type bust. I've appreciated Edmonds, Harris, and now Pickett at times, and I applauded the one occasion on which Jones has been permitted to play. But that isn't exactly extraordinary roster building 
on that list. And if it weren't for TJ Watt magically sitting there at number 30 overall in 2017, one could stretch this streak all the way back to Artie Burns the prior year. This is a killer all by itself. And I could, without apologizing, begin and end this screed right here, calling for Art Rooney to strip bare his team's scouting department and procedures, beginning with Tomlin's role right at the top, because this, more than any short-term shortcoming, is how franchises fall into decade-long ruts. And it's not as if the second-rounders have saved any face. 2015, Senquez Golson. 2016, Sean Davis. 2017, Juju Smith-Schuster. 2018, James Washington. 2020, Chase Claypool. 2021, Pat Fryermuth. 2022, George Pickens. 2023, of course, Joey Porter Jr. and Keanu Benton. Aside from a year and change of Juju being even more dynamic on the field than he was on social media, there's next to nothing in those first five picks, followed by what exactly? Fryermuth over Creed Humphrey right after Marquise Pouncey retired? Pickens so that his spectacular potential can be capped by catching one pass a game? Porter so that he can sit half the season behind Levi Wallace? Benton so that he can sit half the season even with Cam Hayward out? Whether the wounds are self-inflicted or not as applies to usage, that's way, way, way too little to call from the first two rounds of what's still the single most vital form of player acquisition. And no, no amount of 30-something free agents can overcome that. Once more, this time with a ahem, there's only one dominant common denominator in this equation. When we come back, the rest... This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by our good friends at Mike's Beer Bar. They're located on Federal Street, directly across from PNC Park. Mike has more than 500 beers on tap, including from more than 50 local breweries. Stop in and say hello. Tell Mike we sent you. Mike's Beer Bar. And the same goes... For Mike Tomlin's coaching staff, it's become almost like our city's fourth big league sport to boo Matt Canada, and every such assessment couldn't be more spot on. He's terrible. He should have been fired in all likelihood a week after accepting the job. He has been colossally responsible for the ugliest offense most of us have seen in a lifetime. But who eschewed a legit national search to scour for the best candidates in favor of strolling over to the Canada cubicle as quarterback's coach and letting him know that he can move into that shiny new office with the view of the Mon. How? How does that even happen? How did Rooney permit that? Or Colbert? Or simple common sense for crying out loud? It's the NFL, home to all 32 such jobs on the planet. This was one of them. And it was for what not so long ago was a marquee franchise in the league. There should have been, there could have been, robustly qualified candidates crawling all over Southwater Street, banging down doors to beg for interviews. How did this happen? Because the head coach in this setting prioritizes fealty overall else when it comes to his staff? Because the head coach prefers not to employ potential threats to his own status? Sorry, but there's... No other way to explain 
in addition to the Canada debacle, why Brian Flores was allowed to leave for Minneapolis to become the Vikings defensive coordinator, rather than the infinitely more sensible move of keeping Flores for the same position here and bumping Terrell Austin down the ladder. These are not comparable coaches with comparable pedigrees, nor with comparable results. Flores' defense is currently ranked 11th. Austin's is ranked 30th, with Watt having another DPOY season. How does that happen? How did Rooney permit that? Or Khan? Or simple common sense for crying out loud? Look, I could do this all day, but none of us has the time. The Steelers and Titans kick off tonight. It's an 8.15 p.m. start at Akersher Stadium. It's been a short week and blah, 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 whatever. I got one more. I got one more. It's the NFL ranks of the rushing game over the past seven years, before which, unless I've missed something, Rooney has stressed every single year that the offense needs to be able to run. And this, in turn, is what he's gotten. 2017, they finished 25th in the league. 2018, 24th. 2019, 30th. 2020, 32nd. 2021, 29th. 2022, 25th, and now, right now, at 3.4 yards per carry, 29th. I respect Mike Tomlin, the man, the leader of men. I respect the way he's carried himself here for a decade and a half. I respect what he's meant to the Steelers, to the NFL, to the beautiful game of football. None of that's changed, and I can't imagine any way it would. I'm also of the firm belief that he's frequently attacked on counts that range from badly blown out of proportion, like clock management and challenges, to completely fabricated, like the nonsense about his coddling players or that he can't or won't instill discipline. And that's setting aside the far uglier fare that'll arise from the lowest dregs of society. But you know, he's the one who always says, Our business is winning, right? This, my friends, ain't it. Not on any front, not in player acquisition, not in player development, not in schematics, not in the execution, not in the regular season, and certainly not in the playoffs, presuming anyone can even recall those. You can't keep measuring that standard a single game at a time. We'll do another one of these shows tomorrow.